Hello and welcome to Crank Commentaries. As always, I'm your host, Jake Delmastro, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. It's a real hell of a movie we're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I could come up with in that two-minute period. You know, it's on a, It's not that uh, not that imaginative, but nope. it works. Yeah, it's it fills that void um, <laughs> um, nicely. All right. So the movie we're doing is uh, Hellboy, uh, <laughs> the 2004 movie. Not to confuse, not to be confused with the pretty awful 2000. Yeah, I'm movie. sure we'll rant about that one a lot. I don't know if that's gonna be. I've seen that movie once. I think I. It's just such a jumble. Yeah, it's just like, so not it just not memorable at all and like yeah as i recall just like the way like the casting for hellboy and the visuals for hellboy is just also bad but not this one this one's okay yeah, this one's fantastic <laughs> yeah that's that's the major difference is we're talking about <laughs> the good one well i yeah. guess good is debatable um, but you know yeah well i'm sure we'll get into we'll that get into but that, um yeah. This week we're gonna do kind of the basic stuff as always, as per usual. We're gonna talk a bit about the uh, <clears throat> the comic book because, as as anybody who's familiar with this film knows, it's based on a comic book. Um, I believe it says that in the opening credits. Yeah. So there you go. I mean. Yeah. If if you read the opening credits. <laughs> well, everybody reads the opening credits. You don't read the closing credits. I I so I often do the reverse. I often forget to read really? the opening credits. Because I'm like, looking man, the opening credits are such an integral part of the film. I know, my, I, I in, usually, of any film, in my opinion. I, I usually go back if I forget to read like all of them, but yeah, because like the end I credits do. are just like you know, it's the thing at the end to say who made the movie, which is important. Yeah. It's very important. Well, the as, beginning credits you know. are part of the film, yeah. Yeah, the beginning credits is like you know that is in the film. Yeah, but anyway, we won't get yeah. to that part of the film yet because we're gonna we're not gonna be talking about. Uh, the film's not going to be completed in this week's uh, episode. So. But we will talk about some names that are in the opening credits. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about some names in the opening credits and how they got to be there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um. So, yeah. With that, I guess, uh, Keaton, I think it's your turn to do the uh, five-minute summary. I'm pretty sure it's your turn, but I guess I'll, I'll do it against my uh, yeah, right. wishes. Uh, but give me a second. I mean, Let me just drink my water here and get 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 in the right. in the zone. Right. So it's on record, by the way, who, who did the last one. <laughs> Yeah, I believe you if you'll go back, you'll check the record. I believe you'll see that I've done it almost every single time. Right, okay. Almost. So, uh, sorry, let me get my uh, my stopwatch out here. It's confusing. There's a lot of little things, but overall, there's a, it's a pretty, I think. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us what's going on starting... Now. Okay, so you've got your your introduction, you know, it's 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 I believe 1944 or 5. Well, the Americans are there, so yeah, so you got the you got some Americans uh, uh landing on this weird island and they're looking for something weird. There's a bunch of Nazis there or something, you know, it's World War 2, that sort of thing. Uh and then they find, you know, some some weird-looking Nazis doing some weird-looking sciencey stuff. Um, and they're, like, you know, hiding, watching the Nazis do this thing. And then the Nazis do this crazy, like, you know, uh, 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 science-y, explosion-y thing, and there's this big, like, portal that opens. And, but it's like a Stargate. Exactly, just like a Stargate, like, almost identical in every way to a Stargate. Um, and then, like, shit starts going awry, though, you know, it doesn't quite, you know, it doesn't quite work out for the Nazis, um... So shit falls apart, and then just as that happens, you know, the, the, the Americans start attacking them. 
and it really goes to shit. And uh, 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 the the Russian guy in charge of the whole thing gets uh, uh, sucked into the portal and killed. And I believe the guy in charge of the whole thing is is Rasputin. Um, but that's not really that important, <laughs> really, to the overall film. Um, so then you have, uh, they find uh, 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 this little creepy creature that turns out to be like a fucking devil on this island. So they take him, take him home. Um, and the, 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 the guy who finds him is this like, you know, uh, uh, super uh, intense professor, like theologist who's like, you know, uh, 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 knows everything about the supernatural. So they, they form a, uh, a, a government agency uh, uh that you know, a paranormal agency. I forget what it's called, but you know, something like that. BPRD. BPRD. Yeah, yeah. So they do that. Um, so then we skip forward to the future, and we we we've we've got. Uh, um, You're two minutes in. Oh, good lord. Um, so <laughs> it, it's the future. We've got. Uh, um, oh yeah. So okay. So immediately we have uh, uh, Rasputin coming back to life. Like we see his cronies, the creepy like. Uh, um, clockwork person and, and the and the hotsy um are like uh bringing rasputin back to life and they succeed and there's like way too much blood coming out of that one guy and then we 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 jump to there's this like fbi agent who's like you know seems like super young and like uh, like fucking buttoned up nice haircut like you know super straight straight laced guy um, and he goes into the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense, which is super secret, I believe. Um, well, obviously, it's super secret. And he meets Hellboy, and he meets uh, uh, Abe Sapien. Um, and, and, and so then they go on this mission immediately after he gets there, I believe. And then and, and they, he, Hellboy fights a demon. And then there's a, 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 there's a bunch of eggs from that first demon. And then they, they, they go everywhere, and then the eggs are everywhere. And the, the creatures are everywhere, so they got to stop this. The, these creatures. So, so then you've got uh, 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 the 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 Nazis are doing stuff, and the creatures are doing stuff. Meanwhile, you've got Liz, who's like can control fire, and Hellboy's in love with, um, and she's left because she can't control her shit. And Rasputin's trying to get her to to like you know, uh, fuck fuck trying to fuck her up, and then trying to get uh, Hellboy to convert to 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 his true hell his quote unquote true hellish ways. Um, so then it all kind of, kind of comes to a head in this kind of uh, this like you know underground chamber. They're all like you know fighting uh, 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 these like monsters and Nazis, and it's just a big clusterfuck of of, of fighting. And you got uh, uh, Jeffrey Tambor and, and uh, Ron Perlman. George bond- Bluth. Yeah, you got George Bluth bonding <laughs> with uh, Ron Perlman. Um, so that's a that's a pretty fun sequence. And then uh, uh, um, one minute left. Yeah, well, I'm I'm getting to the end here, I think. So then, but Rasputin, he almost succeeds, I believe, right? Because he gets Liz, um, like on that weird slab, and he's like about to suck her soul out. I think he actually does like suck her soul out or whatever. And then, yeah, and Hellboy gets all creepy and super magical with his horns grow and shit. But then he's like, I'm gonna make a choice or whatever, like the Iron Giant, and he rips the fucking horns off. And he's like, fucking yeah, but then Rasputin is like, uh, I'm, you've unleashed something, and then fucking whatever, this creature get, comes out of Rasputin and starts killing everything. But uh, our, our heroes get away, they get out. 
uh, and then a, a Hellboy starts making out with with Liz, and they're on fire, and uh, uh, the FBI agents just staring at them. All right, that was five minutes. I use every second available. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so let's let's think. Did you miss anything important? I mean, basically, I, mean, I brushed a over a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, there's a lot of not. Like Less I, Nazis than I remember, actually, but... Um, yeah, I mean, like, the Nazis... It's more about that character. Like, I don't think, like, that character's super creepy and plays, like, a pretty big role just because, like, it cuts to them killing randos a lot, but it's not actually, yeah. like, particularly, like, integral to the Hellboy plot. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's pretty much a basically, like, demonic guy who's a good guy, you know? Yeah, like, it's... Sorry? I was just going to say, it's a story of, like, you know, it's super black and white. Like, he's choosing the light versus the dark kind of situation. Exactly. You know? He's, like, he's, he's got know. a choice. Exactly. It's exactly like, like the Iron Giant. Like, expects him to be bad, but he's good. Yeah. It's it's exactly like the Iron Giant, which is a fantastic film. Um, yeah, more or less. <laughs> we'll do that one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, should we get into some initial thoughts about this yeah. film? Yeah. What, what did you think? Uh what did I think? Okay, so the first thing, the very first thing that stood out to me uh-huh. in the movie was the bad CGI. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> that was like really early on in the movie, like literally the Hellboy character, the first time you see him. Oh yeah, it's super bad CGI. Yep. That looks like fucking PlayStation Two graphics. Like, yeah, it's not good. It's definitely it doesn't age well. There's that. There's that. Yeah, there's period of like 98 till or like 97 or whatever to like 2006 where there was just like they were overusing graphics just horrendously and yeah i mean there's a lot of good practical effects in this movie but i just that part really stood out to me but i don't think that that ruins the film for me no um i thought that you know uh all the aesthetics were really cool like you know i think all the elements like really work together um very comic booky yeah, very comic booky. Um, although not in the, it's a little bit different than your standard comic book film. Well, it's not a comic book yeah. film. I, that's why I didn't say a comic book film. I said comic booky. Right. Um, and then what was I gonna say? Uh, I thought that the parts of the plot were not necessarily explained that well. No, I think they they kind of mashed in a lot. Um, and I think. We'll get like to I want to know more backstory behind like the bad guys. Yeah, well, you don't get because it's of that. like I feel like they didn't really establish them to be like you know really yeah. good villains. Absolutely, and we'll kind of get into why that is in a moment, like when right. we start getting through the production. But yeah, I totally agree. It's like uh, uh, the the villains are kind of like not they feel kind of haphazard almost they in, feel in underdeveloped exactly in, in in the way i my opinion absolutely uh yeah. other than that i thought the music was pretty decent i thought that uh you know ron perlman is obviously excellent yeah ron perlman <laughs> really carries this film to be honest like this is like the role ron perlman was born it, to play it, it like. really is frankly like <laughs> this is my favorite role i've ever seen him in that i can think of and then the other thing I was going to say is I think that the other character who I thought was underdeveloped was uh, the FBI agent. I think his name was John Myers. Oh, yeah. He he had nothing. Because that, that, yeah. he's supposed to be like kind of like our way in, yeah. I guess. 
but he's also like a little bit too like milk toast. Yeah, and, and he, like and his development wasn't really that. He didn't really have much to do. Yeah, and he in the story exactly. He was just kind of there. Yeah, because, like, you would think, because, like, I think the basic idea is, like, he's supposed to be, like, the audience surrogate. Yeah, exactly. He's You know what totally. I mean? But he didn't really have much to do. Yeah, and they, I think they tried to force too much on him. And yeah. he's, like, again, he's not, he's not an amazing actor. He's not horrible or anything, but, you know, just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I found it hard to criticize, like, his acting just because I don't think that there was much, like, there, in the yeah, script yeah. for the actor to work with totally. there. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So yeah, we'll we'll get into more of all this. I totally agree with with basically everything you said. Yeah, I but think... also you know, good action, some pretty good creatures. Uh, you know, uh, although once again, I felt that whenever they cut between the CGI and the practicals, it was really obvious <laughs> yeah. which one was which. It's a very dated film, which is kind of almost a shame. It's like you kind of. You kind of have to be in the mood for a two thousand early two thousands film. That oh, has, I like, mean, it it totally has that vibe. Like exactly. it totally, you know, has a certain vibe. It looks a certain way. Exactly. But yeah, but uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, pretty enjoyable. Uh, like you know, it's definitely just a fun movie. You know. Yeah, it's a totally fun movie, and I think it, it like, you know, the the source material I think is pretty fun. I like Hellboy. Um, yeah. I mean. It comes together well. I think the whole movie in general has tons of fucking flaws, though. Like, obviously, as we just discussed, like, the CG is um, kind of an issue. I think there's a lot of unnecessary bits to it. I think they really could have trimmed the fat on that story. Um, mm. Possibly, yeah. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I think maybe, like, a, a, a desire to be too close to the um, comic may have harmed it in that capacity. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think with a film, once again, I think I've said this lots of times, but like, you know, if if you're, you have to adapt source material because like you're saying, it's an hour and 45 minute film, right? Yeah. It's like. I think about uh, this all the time. You have to change things in order for it to come across well. And that's just a fact of the medium. Yeah. Because like, you never see like a good movie that has a big subject matter if you know what I mean. Like, there's no good... What do you mean? There's no good... Like, a movie about somebody's whole life. You know? Like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Forrest Gump, but... Well, <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, good point. Good point, good point, good point. <laughs> or uh, with Big Fish we just did recently. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, I But take those are fictional characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I was um, thinking more in the bio biopic uh, area. Right. I mean, I don't know. Basically, yeah. I think in order to take something that's from another media, you have to you have to make compromises, and that's just the way it is. And no one's gonna be totally happy when you're with the product. Is also the other kind of thing that is like an immediate kind of loss when you choose to adapt something. Is you're immediately gonna alienate a group of people who are not gonna like it, no matter just because you <laughs> are making it that thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, um, yeah. But anyway, you know. Um, let's get into the basic facts. All right. Lead us in. All right. So uh, we have Oscar-winning director Guillermo del Toro. Multiple um, Oscars. Not yet. 
Uh, multiple? What, was, what else did he win I for? I believe he won, uh, he won The Shape of Water, and he won the year prior to that for a script. Let me, I, mean, I might be incorrect about that. Oh, he won for Pan's Labyrinth way before that. Yeah, so it wasn't, so he won yeah, Pan's uh, Labyrinth, and then <laughs> three films yes. later, Shape of Water. Exactly. Um, anyway, go on, sorry. Uh, yeah, so uh, based on Hellboy, the graphic well the was a comic book or was it a graphic novel first i think it was what like, i've read was obviously in graphic novel form but i think it was probably like an actual series before that yeah it was a cycle it was a but yeah then it got picked up by dark horse and it, i think it was more of graphic novel territory but i'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent sure um, i've i've not actually read a hell of a lot of hellboy right um no, i have not read much either <laughs> Yeah, a little bit here. Should have asked. Uh, should ask my brother. Actually, yeah. <laughs> about that. I bet you he knows a lot. Um, as we said, starring Ron Perlman. Um, yeah, no one else is really like in the main cast is particularly notable. Who is credited? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think uh, like notable as notable in this film or notable in their careers. What do you? Uh, well, I mean. Notable in this film. I mean, I guess right, John Hurt's in this gonna, film. John, yeah, I was going to say John Hurt is, like, obviously notable in his entire career. Yeah, John Hurt's the only other person who's, uh, you got Ron Perlman, John Hurt. Obviously, we already mentioned Michael Bluth, or, uh, George Bluth. Yeah. Um, Bluth, Se- George Bluth Sr., right? <laughs> yeah, George Bluth Sr. George Sr. Um, yeah, George, um, Selma Blair, did she do anything else? Well, she's... She, I did not find her her face familiar, so not stuff that I've seen a lot, clearly. No, it seems mostly those. Yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah, so... I mean, uh, she wasn't particularly moving in this, so... No, I mean, once again, I think there was a lot of stuff in there that, like, you know, didn't have a lot of time. Yeah, well, there wasn't enough time. That's kind of it. The, everything happened so fast, like, scene to scene once to Once again, scene. It's, it's, it's an hour and 45-minute film. It's like... I think the shortest that's the shortest length you could have possibly made this film. Yeah, seriously. Like I that's that's almost impressive when I think about it. I thought it was 3 hours. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Um but you know, they 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 managed to do it. They did it and then they did an okay job. Um I'm yeah. sure we'll we'll rant about comic book movies at some point, but that's not an appropriate right. now's uh, not an appropriate time. Did did you look at the budget? Yet? Don't yeah. look at it if you haven't. Oh, I, I saw okay. it. I, I was saw gonna it. see. I was gonna ask you to guess it. Oh, sorry. Okay. It is less than I thought, to be honest, or more than I thought. I mean, it kind of look. It kind of looks like exactly what I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my, yeah. I guess I'm a lot, I think that's about right. A lot of CG. A lot of. Yeah. Uh, explosions and sets and make just a lot of stuff in this movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're right. That does make sense. Didn't really make that um, much money compared to its budget, though, huh? Eh, it was okay. It was, like, you know, made 40% more than it cost. That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, you know. Anywho, um, um, should we talk about the origins of this movie, which is the comic book that we have brought up? Yes. So Yes, we shall. For anyone Tell listening... Tell me about mike mcnola's masterpiece well i was gonna say for anybody listening who's familiar with the comic book is they're gonna be tearing their hair out here because i like i don't actually yeah, know anything we're definitely about it. <laughs> not gonna hit on like all the most important bits yeah this is just like a this is more of a catalog of existence than it is a fucking interesting thing really you know it's like yeah he made like the the, the guy who created it is a guy named mike uh mcnola um and 
he he was a he was an artist, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, um v- very uh very distinct style. Like if you've ever read Hellboy, like the art style doesn't look anything like yeah, you know. Like he's done some books. He's done art for DC. Um, he's a <laughs> I see here a Batman cover. But yeah, so he he did a lot some art and um he created a, a an image for some flyer in 1991 and just titled it Hellboy. It was just some demon. I don't even think it looked anything like Hellboy. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just a character named Hellboy. And he was like, ah, that's a pretty fun name. I'm going to base a character off that. I mean, it's a cool name. Yeah, it's a, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty cool name. It's like, it's it's one of those names that's like borderline cheesy and you're like about to call it cheesy and then you're like, I oh, know, wait, it's pretty cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of, Exactly what it is, you know? Yeah, straight up. It's like that demon guy. It's Hellboy. It's Hellboy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he originally apparently kind of envisioned it as more like a a, a team organization thing, which it kind of is. You know what I mean? It, yeah, I mean, I'd say it is. The, the paranormal thing. Um, the, the Bureau of Paranormal Defense, Research and Defense. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess Hellboy kind of became the central character almost because he said, like, <laughs> he couldn't come up with a name that he liked. A name for the series or for the character or for UK? Yeah, for like an uh, like a catchy name for the group that he could call the series, you know, like the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um right, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So he couldn't think of anything better than Hellboy, so he was like fucking it's just going to be Hellboy then. It's about Hellboy cuz that's a cool title. Um and seeing as he had, he had worked with DC, they were interested in the uh in the project. Um but they were overly interested in involving the concept of hell, which kind of confuses yeah, um, me. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously, I think at the time, like, honestly, like, you know, just, like, printing the words hell yeah, I guess on right. something and selling it in a store yeah. are, like, was probably less acceptable, I think, than it is now. Yeah, that's true. I forgot for a second it was 93. Um, yeah. Or early 90s. Well, yeah, especially in the early 90s when there was all that... Uh, we were like dressed yeah, on the, yeah, exactly. We're just on the uh, tail end of the satanic panic here. Exactly. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, that's true. So it kind of makes sense actually that like there would be a lot of pushback right then for from for that idea, which is unfortunate because mm-hmm. it's sick. But I don't really see how you could change. But the that idea. didn't stop him. No, it didn't. It did not. I don't really. Yeah. He, he just he 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 kept trucking, but I don't know how you can yeah. change the idea. Uh, well, I don't know if it's so much the idea so much as you're taking a product and putting it on shelves that says, like, hell right on the front. Right, right, right. So you're, you're, I, they weren't actually, there was no that, That's just my thinking based on had. the time that it was made, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So the earlier stories he, he got published were written by uh, John Byrne, who I imagine he had worked with in the past, um, who I don't know anything about. But again, comic book nerds probably know who that is. <laughs> Because yeah. he's, he's written a lot of comic books. Seems like he's worked on X-Men, The Fantastic Four, and later Superman. There you go. Exactly. So he's written a lot of comic books. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he wrote these early stories. Um, I don't actually, like, know how much of, like, like the, the uh, uh, b- like, whole broader storyline was written by uh, Mike Mignola. Mignola? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like, did he count? Do you think he, like, I can't really Well, discern. I think he was his concept and uh, probably, like, basic story. I'm not sure. Yeah, like, that's kind of what I think. I don't know about basic story. But anyway, John Byrne wrote the, like, the first, like, three cycles, I believe, um, mm-hmm. which were published in uh, 1993. So, actually, I believe, uh, yeah, so Guillermo del Toro's first film came out in 93, um, a film called Kronos which was an independent film, uh, independent Spanish. Uh, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Have you? I have. Uh, it's it's actually pretty good. Ron Perlman is in it. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, is I know that he's worked <laughs> yeah. with Ron Perlman before a few times, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they've done a couple of movies, I, yeah. Because he was in it. I believe he was he in Mimic. I can't remember. I have seen Mimic, but I can't. So... He's a he's a, a a fledgling director here, um, and he he discovers Hellboy and he fucking loves it. He thinks it's the shit. Um, yeah. He said, "Do you want to?" Re-? He said to Twitch Film in 2013 uh, about kind of his early career versus like kind of uh, his other films. I just thought it was a good kind of jumping off point. Yeah, he this. said basically, uh, people say, you know, I like your Spanish movies more than I like your English movies because they are not as personal. Uh, and I go, fuck, you're wrong. Hellboy is as personal to me as Pan's Labyrinth. They're totally different, and yes, of course, you can like one more than the other. The other may seem banal or whatever that you don't like, but it's really the same part of the same movie. You make one movie. Hitchcock did one movie all his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so. I see like you say in there. I don't necessarily... About Hitchcock? <laughs> No, just I, I, I think well I think he's trying to make that general point that I think that he's saying that everybody makes the same movie. Yeah, yeah, it's not entirely incorrect. Um but yeah, I don't I don't entirely agree that it's everybody who does that, but yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think that's an interesting quote, just like anyone who like writes off Hellboy as being like a uh, just kind of a a schlock film. Yeah. Is, uh, in his catalog just because it's Hellboy, you know? Because I think uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as maybe as good as some of his other movies, but you know they're, you know, it's fine. <laughs> He's made worse movies too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, exactly. Um, yeah, it's definitely not like an amazing movie at all. Um, I don't, I don't think that's the point that he was making. Was that you know, because yeah. he said you you can like one more than the other, but I think he's saying that they're all personal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're all important to him, I guess. Yeah. Hellboy's as yeah. personal to me as Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So Del Toro was a big fan of Hellboy. Um, he presumably got in contact pretty early on with Mike Magnolia and like pitched the idea of turning it into a film, because they were working together like almost instantaneously on like a uh, script, basically, mm-hmm. and like a storyline. Later on, Del Toro said that by 1998 they were ready to start filming a movie but nobody was interested in making the Hellboy movie at that time so it, mm-hmm. uh, it I can only happen. imagine how bad the CGI would have been then <laughs> oh god it would have been Toy Story um, <laughs> that was 1995 a lot had happened in three years well, I know but they would have used Toy Story technology cause yeah maybe <laughs> nobody wanted to make it that's true but yeah at that point they definitely they were positive they wanted well Del Thoreau was positive he wanted Ron Perlman to be Hellboy like, from the start. Yeah, well, I mean, just look at his chin, man. Yeah, I mean, we said from the start. 
that's the role he was born to play. I mean, you see the the like the drawings from the comic book. I mean, like you look at Ron Perlman and you're like, these are the same picture. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. it literally looks like it was based <laughs> off of Ron Perlman. Exactly. Yeah, and it looks like him. Yeah, but yeah, like I don't know. I think uh, the reason it was like they really liked him, obviously, because he looks like it. And then I think they just had confidence in him to like actually like act through the makeup. I don't really know. Did did he wear makeup in a previous film i'm not exactly sure uh yeah he was wearing makeup in chronos there you go so what make, kind of makeup was he wearing in chronos? it was uh, let me let me look it up it's like bug like i think bug like uh yeah sorry wait no he wasn't wearing the makeup in chronos Oh, okay. There was a lot of makeup in that movie, though. but anyway, he uh, he had he has he has done makeup a lot before and since. Yeah, in right. various movies. And uh, he was good at it. He brought it to life, just like they uh, they anticipated. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, Actually, I will say that one point in the the makeup is that the kiss scene at the very end of the movie. Yeah. You can really tell that the makeup is a huge hindrance there. Yeah, it's not helping. Yeah, but I think it kind of like... <laughs> I thought it looked so awkward. It did look pretty awkward, but I think his face is supposed to be almost like rock, though. So it's like, you know... Right, yeah, I, I guess. It it didn't... <laughs> I mean, at some points, he looks a little bit silly on the screen. Very few moments. Yeah. Yeah, I think the makeup was, 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 was very good. Yeah, you normally snap right back into it. There's very few moments. I'd say that, I'd say that's a really good thing about this film. There's very few moments where you're like... Or you fall out of the uh, the universe, you know what I mean? Mm. But yeah, uh, apparently when they were first making this film, they envisioned it as like a Harryhausen style film, which is yes, um, I guess because of the like you know mythical type monsters that <laughs> it makes you think of like you know, uh, you know, uh, Clash of Titans or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, well, it kind of makes me. Yeah, it makes me feel like, what did they have planned? You know, they're probably more monsters. You know, probably. A more well, no, I think that they definitely did exactly. Like, I think they they still paid the homage. Oh like, no! Totally, it came yeah, through. Yeah. I just think. Yeah. I Actually, when think... I was watching the movie, I almost felt like it. It looked almost like a bit of a Japanese kaiju movie at oh, some points. There are moments of that. Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, because that's because they were trying to, you know, rip off Harry Housen, who yeah. th- those films are all based off of his work as well. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, even uh, Del Toro got in contact with Harry Housen to like coach the uh, animators, mm-hmm. um, the computer animators, um, on like how to like work with like integrate, you know, the stuff that we talked about, Dean Cundy, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jurassic Park stuff. Um, but apparently Harryhausen didn't approve of the violence, so he didn't oh. want to do it. Interesting. Which, if you ask me, is a bit ironic. There were some fight scenes in some of the films that he did. Yeah, like, <laughs> you got monsters destroying cities. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I guess he was he was yeah. probably old and, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I, it's, I'm not, like... Uh, uh, saying he's a bad person because of it or anything. It's just, I think yeah. it's funny. It's a funny... Yeah, I do I do think it's an interesting detail. But yeah, so while writing this movie, uh, Del Toro did a shit ton of supernatural research. Um, mm-hmm. Which, 
I don't know how much that shows through. I was going to say that. It's like, I really wish more of that showed through. Because it's like, once again, we don't learn, like, a lot of the stuff we see to introduce us to our villains is just that scene at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, yeah, so they're Nazis, I guess, is all you get, really. The problem, I think, here is there's he included a shit ton of visual references. Yeah, I know. Which was not a good idea. What do you mean? I think well, he included a lot of like visual references to like occult shit. Like there were tons of symbols, tons of like. Uh, yeah, but uh, like you know, unless you're really clued into that, you won't no- notice that. Precisely, it's like I think yeah. he was too. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just you're right. It, it didn't show through like this. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it could have been explained better. Yeah, like what was that portal that was being opened? What was going on there? Well, it was a portal to like hell, I guess. Yeah, but is like the implication. But like, it, like, can we expand on that a little bit? Yeah, now? yeah. I mean, also like Rasputin's whole plan and everything. Seems very confusing. This plan makes no sense to me, but I didn't. I, at a certain point, I didn't really choose to f- bother to follow it. I just was like, you know, he, right? He wants. He wants. Like, what was he gonna do if if Hellboy didn't show up? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, <laughs> you know, because he needed the he key. Knew right? He would. I guess. It's all right. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Not not yeah. in a great detail. Um. Again, mm. he looked like. Del Toro looked a shit ton. Apparently, he did like a bunch of research into like, you know, the the occult roots of Nazi philosophy, um, which mm-hmm. is like obviously the entire Nazi philosophy is just fucking bizarre perversions of various occult and esoteric shit. It's fucking nonsense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it, he dug through it for a long time, and yet again, it's like we don't really get we get the what comes across is Nazis like magic but it's like it's imagery yeah, essentially yeah 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 um which i think is you know actually a bit of a shame that we he did all yeah. this research and we could have we could have gone more into that sort of thing that i think that would make it kind of interesting yeah i, I agree so, but also what i found interesting <laughs> so when i was reading about this film apparently while he was writing uh this movie he got really obsessed with the metaphor of the labyrinth Oh, which is notable because he made Pan's Labyrinth. That was the yeah, next film. His, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, he said it represented Hellboy's journey, you know, and his struggle to find his path. Do you want to read the quote he said? Yeah, he says, "A labyrinth, it is said, is not a place to be lost, but a place to find yourself." Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, um, uh, interesting. Uh, and he also said, uh. Oh, wait, no, this is different. Well, yeah, that, that's a very uh, artist-y yeah. quote. <laughs> exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he also, what did you think of the uh, the love story in this movie? Because it was a huge part um, of the film. It was a huge part and of the yet, film. it didn't but really like, feel like it, did it? No, it didn't, because it... She was kind of wooden. She was kind of wooden, uh... Myers' role in all of this was very confusing. <laughs> Myers' role just yeah made the whole thing awkward, right? It just was like I don't know why they yeah jammed that in there. Well, you know yeah, it seemed to nothing seemed to be happening. Yeah, you yeah. know, like there's a lot of issues with the story and like how the movie progressed. <laughs> like this movie, yeah. Like the more I think about it, only su- exceeded could have been two hours. Well, more it should have been. I don't think an extra 15 minutes yeah, would have no, been enough. it should have been 
like yeah two, two and a half three hours um yeah and do you want to read what uh what uh del toro said about the uh the the love story that he put in yeah, he says, uh, "I wanted to, I wanted the beauty to turn into a beast in the end, to fully assume her mortal gifts, and she accepts herself for what she is—a monster—and then she can love Hellboy. She can love the monster, Hellboy. I think, so it's basically Shrek. Yeah, it is basically Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Del Toro a hack? Shrek was too bad. <laughs> uh, Shrek was two thousand two, was it not?" 2001. Uh, two two thousand was it? I don't. I can't Came remember. Remember the same. Uh, remember the Monsters Inc. Oh yeah, because right. it was the, the the direct to DVD came out the same day. Anyway, 2001. Um, Shrek was 2001. Yes, it is. It's just Shrek. But now that I think about it, isn't the Shape of Water about loving monsters as well? Like he is just making the same movie over and over. He's again. just retreading his <laughs> same shit, man. <laughs> oh. Um. But yeah. But this, that kind of is, you know how we mentioned the fucking, uh, uh, the FBI agent, like, being awkward yeah. in that love thing. Like. Yeah, well, it wasn't actually clear if if he was really, you know, part of that. Yeah, exactly. It was like a weird, inconclusive. His intentions were never quite made clear. And, like, yeah. And her neither were hers, really. Yeah. And I think that that so, was not part of the, like, because, like, that was not part of the uh, comic, as I understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. Um, yeah. If I'm incorrect about that. That's what I understood as I read it, but as if Hellboy fans are tearing their hair out right Co- now. Please correct yeah, us. Please yeah, please write it in. But, like, they made, like, a few cha- other changes as well, you know, but it's mostly kind of, like, you know, uh, uh, cosmetic stuff, like, um, to help the audience connect to the character just like uh, uh the i think in the comic like the professor dies like instantly right okay um i mean we know he's going to die pretty quickly <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he's but, an old uh, he's an old man yeah he, he he they i think the point of letting of like you know changing that whole part of the story was so that you know they want he wanted a a, a a the audience to connect with the character so that we actually cared when he died which I think that's a good idea, you know. Um, yeah. And then this c- harkens back to what you're saying earlier: is a fucking uh, uh, um, how the um, villains don't really seem particularly uh, um, developed. Is yeah. I think the origin. I mean, I I think that part bothers me a little bit more, just because I think that they could be super cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think one of the, th- the the liberties they took is that they merged the origin stories of all the characters into mm-hmm. one moment where I think in the comics, like, that, like, moment on the island is, like, they just find Hellboy. I don't think that all that other shit is supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think the whole Rasputin and the Nazis, I think that is a whole other arc which is supposed to right. be its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think it got it's enough attention paid to it in this in this, in this movie ultimately, okay. but you know. So basically, you're saying that they just tried to stick too much shit into one bit. Basically, I mean, and they 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 suffered from the one thing that so many like adapted 
films suffer from, you know? It's like either you cut yeah. you either cut stuff or you try to jam too much in. <laughs> yeah. Or you make like fucking six movies or something. I don't know. Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking is like you got to just make They, they made movies. two of these. Yeah, exactly. They did make a second one. They did make a second one, but they kind of, you know, it's it's a different plot line. Well, we'll talk about that more next week, the second yeah. one for sure. But yeah. So as we mentioned, Del Toro was like dead set on having Pearlman be Hellboy. Um, mm-hmm. And he was working with him, like, you know, extensively before they had even, you know, secured any sort of funding. Um, yeah. But he, they were, you know, honing the shit because I, I clearly Ron Perlman was interested because he was actually committing this time as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then Del Toro does Blade 2, which does surprisingly well, does a lot, makes a lot of money. Um, and... It wasn't, like, a particularly highly praised movie, like, critically, but, like, everyone said the direction was good, but, like, you know, a lot of other parts of it were were not good. But anyway, point being is that now he's just made this film that's made a lot of money. You know, he's finally, as we've seen... Also based on a comic book. Also based on a comic book, yes. So now we've, A, seen that comic book movies can work, and B... Yeah, I think that that's really funny that, like, at this point in time, comic book movies were considered, like, you know... Risky. Yeah, exactly. Early 2000s. Because, like, obviously, obviously now it's the least risky thing in the world. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it is an interesting, like, culture shift there. Um, yeah. So, we bring it up a lot, just like, you know, director uh, uh, has an idea, and then, like, um, they make a movie that makes money, and then all of a sudden they can actually pursue their creative project right after it, you know? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's often kind of how that works. That's sort of how it worked here because it does seem at this point like this is a passion project, you know? Like, um, yeah. Like, nobody wants to make it but he's still like, you know, coaching Ron Perlman because he's confident that it's going to get made. <laughs> well, yeah. I think Ron Perlman seems into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then the film was picked up by Columbia and mm-hmm. a few other production companies sign on obviously it's all confusing i don't fucking know how hollywood works but you know money moves around in incomprehensible ways um yeah incomprehensible to everybody especially the irs hopefully uh that uh, (laughs) from their perspective Um, (laughs) exactly yeah so that's the entire purpose yeah so they closed their eyes and held out their hands and 65 million dollars fell in and uh, and they got the green light to make the movie, um, finally, which is funny that like it took like he said that they could have started shooting. I don't know how similar the film was, but ninety eight, so like four years in just like waiting on, I don't know, unfunding, unfunding, I guess. yeah, I mean, classic, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, after that, the shooting schedule was brutal but we'll we'll get into all that next week in part two yeah because as we do production is uh is more of a part two thing all right yeah um do you want to do you want to do a quick how do they shoot it yeah absolutely all right all right how do they shoot it how did they shoot it would they talk about how they shot it (laughs) We have cinematographer Guillermo Navarro, uh, who has worked on several films with 
another Guillermo del Toro. Oh, really? That one? Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, we also have first assistant camera, Timothy James Kane, first assistant camera, as we mentioned. Every time is the uh, person who operates the uh, focus on the camera. They have a very important job. The focus. The true yes. hero. The true so, hero. What do you think, Keaton? Yeah. Do you think this movie was uh, film or digital? 2004. Oh, it's right. You think it's good digital? It's got to be digital, right? Got to be digital. I don't know why I think that, but I feel like it's got to be digital. Am I right? You're wrong. Oh, <laughs> it's film. It's film. Yeah, okay. I guess yeah, um, right on I the, actually... On the cusp? Yeah. It's right on... Kind of... Yeah, well, I mean, this is kind of early. Or a little early to be digital, because the first movie that was, like, properly done, like, all digital was 2002, was Attack of the Clones. So, I mean, right, I, the, so the, the, this, there you go. this is the sort of movie that you might expect to be done digitally, though, is the thing, right? That's kind of, that's why I expect. I mean, there's just so much CGI in it. I kind of felt like yeah. they like. But no. Um, um, uh, no. Kodak uh, but, uh, 500T and 250D. And 250D? Once again, modern film stocks that uh, I'm actually familiar with. Do you have them right now? I do not have any color film in my fridge right now. It's all black and white. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's all it's all in your uh, uh, pantry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, um, there's not that much to say. Uh, the one of the, it's you know, it was filmed. In not that interesting, but it uh, was. That's what happened. It was filmed. That's the best. How did they shoot it? I've ever heard. Uh, what was I gonna it say? Was basically. Filmed. Period. Um, the one of the bits of information that I had was that uh, they tried to, and I think this is another reason why I thought it looked almost like Kaijui was that a lot of the fights and stuff were done sort of in the wide shot, um, just to kind of totally. get that Harryhausen type look, right? Exactly. They really went for. They liked the wide shots. Yeah, which is I I like seeing a fight scene in a wide shot because you get to see the action you can't fake shit as much yeah exactly and like even i think it, when stuff is totally cg like um i forget what movie we were talking about when they, the the there was a quote about like how the the impact feels a little bit less so with cg films sometimes right um and i feel like that is sort of lessened when you have a uh, that wider uh frame just because it just you just feel more like everything is real as opposed to like when you're super tight and it's CG as well. It's just like kind of even Well, you're further. more zoomed in on the, the CG elements. Yeah, so they stand out more. Well. That's what I'm thinking. That's also a good point. Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah. you kind of, you can kind of fake it more if you're <laughs> zoomed out, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. You can kind of meld it into the shadows yeah. or the, the background or whatever. Yeah. So that's, you know, not much to say there, but I got to trip you up, which is fun. Um, yeah, well, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think we got uh, got one more more segment here. I think we got one more segment for the week. All Everybody's right. favorite. It is, indeed.
Alright, uh, sorry. Alright, I, I, I think we got a good one here. Yeah, yeah, well, I, we're in a good time period. It's like, you know, six degrees. Or, well, this is sort of right when uh, Enterprise is ending. Yeah, I just mean that we've, there's a lot, there's a good pool at this point. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think so. There's been a lot of Trek, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah anyway, uh, this is Six Degrees of Star Trek, the uh, section where we find connections between this film and Star Trek. Heck yeah. Um, I I predict some. there's a first degree, at least one in here. Okay. Well, why don't we start with the first one? Wait, can I guess? Who, can I guess? Just based you, you on. Can, you can go ahead and guess all you like. Is it Doug Jones? He is one of them, but he's not the one I was gonna say. <laughs> okay, which who are you gonna say? Because Doug Jones is. Okay, well that that's an easy one though. That's low hanging fruit. Doug that's Jones. low hanging fruit. Doug, Doug a- Jones has been all over the place in Alien makeup. <laughs> yeah, he plays Abe Sapien. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he does the he he plays Abe Sapien the physical part, but not the voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The voice well, is the done voice... by what's his name? The guy who played uh, Niles in Frasier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. But uh, you look up his name while I uh, get this open here. Yeah, portrayed by David Hyde Pierce. Okay. Yes. So, so that's who did the the voice. Uh, but he went uncredited because he he thought that, uh, um, what's his name? <laughs> Doug Jones. Name. Fuck Doug Jones. He thought he thought Doug Jones should get the credit. Okay. Is, yeah, I don't know why they didn't just go with Doug Jones' voice, but whatever yeah they thought something about like they wanted like a big celebrity name or, or a but then they didn't even put his name, name on the, the thing right yeah like a more recognizable voice i, also, I, I yeah. really don't know it's yeah i don't know but anyway choice. our first connection here is ron perlman fuck yes well that's so ron good. perlman was in makeup in star trek nemesis no shit really the terrible oh. 2002 film uh, which I believe was the last film with Picard in it, the, the last TNG film, and the last Star Trek film for a while. Uh, he was <laughs> the uh, the Reman Viceroy. Oh, yeah. So he was in a ton is. of makeup. Yeah. So uh, there's one one direct connection right there. All right. That's sick. And it's the lead. It's the Hellboy. Yeah, that and is, now that's we have... Like, that's like the most direct connection we've ever had. I don't know if the lead has ever actually been in Star Trek. I think it has happened. Has it? Yeah, I can't I can't think about it right now. But So, uh, Doug Jones is the Star Trek connection, as I've alluded yeah. to. Yes. Uh, who's been in, I think, almost every episode of Star Trek Discovery because he plays uh, Commander slash Captain Saru, who is uh, this alien officer yeah he's very very alien looking human yeah exactly and he's really tall like in a good way like he's 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 not a bad looking person he's like a but he looks like an alien (laughs) in fact he's a sorry he's i'm going back he's a very good looking man he's but he's also stretched out (laughs) exactly he's just stretched out anyway sorry what were you saying third connection yeah third connection uh direct connection three direct connections Three direct. This Holy is shit, uh, that's awesome. Someone we already mentioned in the episode. Someone we already mentioned. Director of photography Guillermo Navarro. No. Did uh, way. he was the director of photography on do? one episode of uh, Star Trek Discovery. Um, 
That's awesome. One episode. Yeah, it was actually the pilot. You said the first episode. I don't know if it was technically a pilot, but he he was the director of photography for the very first episode of for season one, episode one of uh, uh, Dark Discovery. Was Guillermo del Toro? Was he a producer? Was he Guillermo del Toro? I feel like he might have been involved. Like I feel like I've just a, there's a, a hidden memory got unlocked uh, that he I had mean, something to do with the I don't think so. Reboot. Like TV uh, show reboot. Yeah, it's not know. listed anywhere on his IMDb page, and I wasn't aware of it. Okay, well yeah. I I just made that up then. So yeah, okay, I will. disregard that. But yeah, that's uh, that's my that's, three connections uh, that's right there. Three connections. That's awesome. The lead, like basically, I guess Abe isn't the like side character uh but you know he's the sidekick in terms of like the uh the mm-hmm. organization yeah. you know and uh yeah fuck yeah that's awesome all right that's track so that's, that's track all right so that uh that i guess then means that's our episode for this week all right i don't i got anything else to say except for a uh, shout out to uh the netherlands for checking in the netherlands <laughs> listeners in the netherlands yeah nice i was just talking about how tall people from the netherlands all are today are they yeah what's the average height um are the dutch the tallest in the world somehow i doubt that somehow i doubt any europeans are the tallest in the world what do you think it is like what yeah. country oh i don't know uh i don't, don't want to say nigeria i don't know <laughs> Kenya. It sees here that Dutch are the tallest. The Dutch are the tallest in the world. Wow. The average height of men in the Netherlands is 182.8 centimeters, which is six foot. Six foot. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, very tall people, for listening to our (laughs) giant country. Small in landmass, but large in height. To Wikipedia, the Daenerys Alps, followed by Bosnia and Herzegovina, followed by the Netherlands. So, according to Wikipedia, Netherlands is third.